Welcome to Redemption's Hill podcast. For more information about Redemption's Hill, go to redemptionshill.com. Hey, good morning. I didn't do as good as my transition there as usual. So, Hey, good morning. I'm uh, really glad that you're here this morning uh, and, and excited to get into the Word. Um, so uh, we have had a, a great stretch here. Um, let me start here. My name is Garrett. Uh, I am an elder here at Redemption's Hill, and uh, I have the honor this morning of of bringing the word. And as, as TJ mentioned, and, and actually the, the elders this week and our, our families were able to, to celebrate just God's faithfulness. We we talked and, and thanked God and celebrated the different voices that we've had over the last eight or nine weeks preaching. Uh, if you've been with us, you know, it's not uncommon while thankfully TJ does most of the preaching and, and leading here. It's not maybe uncommon for you to see Blake or myself um, up here, but it's just been such a blessing uh, to, to have new voices step up that want to hear from God and serve the church uh, and have done just a great job leading us well. That was really the celebration that, that Harrison and Brandon and, and Clayton, who, who we've heard several times now, it, it, it didn't feel like just a week that TJ was off, right? It wasn't anything that was mailed in. These men stood up here and in their own voices truly delivered a word that we needed to hear and spoke with authority, and I'm just so grateful. So again, I want to commend you guys um, who have done that. Thank you so much. Um, but this morning, we are going to be uh, closing our Advent series. This is our final week of Advent, which has really just been a, a much-needed blessing for me personally these last few weeks. My soul has needed to hear of God's peace and his joy and his hope and this morning his love. But I, I think this week I've really been wrestling a little bit, to be honest, with the idea of Advent. You see, I, I grew up in church. I've shared this with a lot of you before. I am a preacher's kid, so I was there all the time. When the doors were open, we were there. A lot of times when the doors weren't open, we were still there. I grew up in church, but Advent wasn't something that we did um, growing up in church. It's just not something that I was used to really until Redemption's Hill and, and it became kind of a priority and, and felt the need to, to look at that. So if you're unfamiliar with Advent this morning, let me just real quickly explain it to you. It's pretty simple. It's really just four weeks on the Christian calendar that, we, uh, that, that lead up to Christmas. The four weeks leading up to Christmas where we talk about God's hope and peace and joy and this morning we'll be covering Love and, and what it does is the idea that it points or leads us and our hearts to the expectant waiting and preparation of two things. One, the celebration of the nativity of Christ, Christmas, right? That's, that's kind of the main thing that our mind goes to, but also its intention is to create in us this longing and expectation for the return of Christ at his second coming. So I'll tell you what I felt a little bit checked in my spirit this week and where I really want to start off with and make sure that we all realize and I realize that Advent is about much more than giving us just a great Christmas morning. 
right? It's much more than giving you a great holiday season, and it is much more than just Christmas cheer, right? If Christmas cheer was the goal, if we're simply looking for that, then we should look to the words of the theologian B.T. Elf, who says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I'm so glad you guys got that. But it's about more than that, right? More than Christmas cheer. But while Advent can and does prepare us to have a great Christmas celebration, its power and its impact should lead us beyond this coming Saturday morning, right? It has a power that can carry us beyond December 25th. So that is my hope for us today, is that as we close Advent, that we and myself, I'm preaching to myself this morning, are able to set our hearts on a peace and a hope and a joy and this morning a love that carries us to Christmas for sure, but emboldens us and empowers us to a faithful walk beyond December 25th. That is my hope for us this morning. If you would, open your Bibles with me to John, the 13th chapter. I hear one page turning. Somebody's got their Bible here. That's great. If not, we'll have it on the screens. John 13, 1. This is where we're going to spend a majority of our time this morning. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we just ask that you would lead us this morning. God, that you would calm my heart. Lord, that we would just humbly come before you and ask you to speak to us. That we would look to your word and through your spirit, you would make sense of, of what I'm saying, God. Lord, and that you would draw us close to you. We love you and we praise your mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so this morning, um, this message on love, our final week of Advent, um, we're going to cover really three points. Three points in this message. So if you're a note taker, you might want to write these down, right? The first is, you are loved from the beginning. Our second is, you are loved right now, right here, in this moment. And our third point is, you are loved forever. So let's dig into that first point. You are loved from the beginning. Our verse here in John 13, 1, this is John writing about Jesus and his love for his disciples in the upper room. At this point in the story, there is nowhere yet in John's scripture, in John's um, gospel, where we see Jesus verbally tell the disciples that he loves them. It's not there in John, right? He has preached about his love. He has certainly shown his love to the disciples through his actions, shown his love to the world through many miracles, but he actually hasn't said it to them. Now, I tell my wife multiple times a day that I love her. And I tell my kids 
multiple times a day that I love them. And while not maybe at the same frequency, because that would be weird, I often tell many of you in this room that I love you almost every time we're together. It is not uncommon, right? And I can tell you, though, that as a husband who is loved well by my wife, I still at times will prod her to tell me that she loves me. Or I'll do it with my kids. It's harder with my kids, right? But I prod them to tell me that they love me because I like to hear it, even though I already know that they do. So with that, when I was thinking about that this week, it really made me wonder about the disciples and what they thought sometimes. Do you think they ever wondered about that? Like, do you ever think Peter laid in his bed at night and was like, does does he even like me? Like, he called me Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. Even though Jesus hasn't said this directly to his disciples yet, we can tell through John's gospel and his writing here that, that John knows that Jesus loves them, right? Anthony, can you put that back on the screen? The, the, the verse says, having loved his own. That having loved, that's past tense. means he's been loving them this whole time. The whole time he's been with them. But it even goes beyond that, before he was with them. Last week, Clayton did a great job in his message uh, and really kind of talked us through the creation story in Genesis, which certainly, to me, shows God's love for man, for his creation, right? To create this amazing thing that we have, to put his favorite creation then, which God called very good, in place to rule over such an incredible thing that seems pretty loving to me. But Clayton also described in Genesis 3 the fall, right? And he called it one of the darkest moments in history when we rebelled against God and and really tried to forfeit all of this amazing love that God had poured upon us. But even after we screwed that up and betrayed our creator God, he was loving us. Not only Adam and Eve, he was loving us. The God of the universe tells the serpent in Genesis 3 verse 15, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel which I'll tell you for most of history, theologians have interpreted that he to be Jesus. Jesus, who will one day defeat the evil one, and many believe this to be the very first promise of God. Immediately after we rebelled against him, that he makes this promise. that he will send one who will actually be himself to redeem the treachery of his created man and one day allow man to again have the perfect communion with God. It feels pretty loving to me. He didn't need to do that. 
Then there's also a promise to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 and 13 that says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. It's a promise to his people, still in rebellion, of love that he will send one who will make things right. You see, these promises, just these two we look at today, and many, many others throughout Scripture point to the love of God from the beginning. Knowing how jacked up we were going to be, knowing how bad we were going to screw this up, he continues to make promises, continues to be faithful in those promises. He has loved us all along, and that includes you this morning. Countless graces does he bless his creation with every day. Now, I have on multiple occasions preached from this very pulpit my love for a big old ribeye steak from CC City Broiler here in Columbia, right? I looked back, it's almost embarrassing how many times I've talked about the Gary steak from the pulpit. I love it. And I will tell you that this week, in God's amazing grace and love, he has blessed me not once this week, but twice with a steak from CC's. And I will tell you that at those moments, it was clear to me an evidence of God's love that he would create such a thing for me to enjoy. And not only that, created incredible people that I truly adore and enjoy their company that I was blessed with while enjoying such an amazing grace that he poured upon us. I felt his love in those moments and, and I have witnesses that can attest to me saying, this is an evidence of God's grace right here, this bite. Thank you, God. But evidence of his grace and his love for us, regardless of how you feel or, or what you feel your standing is before him right now is evident all around. Just look around. You will see God's love for us everywhere. That beach, that mountain, that trail, that coffee, that friend, that experience, whatever it is, is a common grace provided by a God who has loved us from the beginning. From the beginning, all along, God has loved you. Point number two, you are loved now. So let's go back to our story here in John 13. And I'm going to pick up reading in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God was, and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So this is the story that John started us off in here where they're in the upper room. 
And Jesus begins to wash the feet of his disciples. We need to understand this morning how crazy and unheard of this was, washing the feet of another. This was a task that was so degrading and and just gross that not even Jewish slaves were required to do it. Like the Jews didn't even make their own Jewish slaves wash their feet. That would have been forced upon the Gentiles. But here, we see Jesus is that what we often call the Last Supper, knowing what is coming, knowing the cross is near, washing the disciples' feet, tenderly showing his care, demonstrating his love for them. He humbled himself and washed their feet. And as readers, we would assume in this story that this means that he would have washed Judas's feet as well. We would assume that Judas was included, who the scripture tells us that Jesus knew was about to betray him. But Jesus still, knowing what he was going to do, knowing his current situation, offers a washing. Offers to wash the feet of the one who he knew in his heart was going to betray him. There's a really, I find this to be a really scary warning here in this part of the story. In this beautiful moment, this final meal, Jesus humbly trying to serve in love those around him. Judas is sitting here getting his feet washed by Jesus but is no closer to salvation. He isn't washed in the way that counts. He is just interested in his own way and he's just, he's just there for dinner. He just wants the benefits, right? So the warning for us in that that we need to hear this morning is to say that Christ loves you today, right now, just as you are, while true, is not to say that his love doesn't change you. It doesn't mean that he expects you to stay exactly as you are. You cannot clean yourself up for Jesus, but knowing the love of Jesus does have a cleansing effect on you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. He loves you right now. But to know this whole love, you must present your whole self to him. There is no halfway, just get your feet wet gospel. There is no just get your feet wet in God's grace. You have to jump all the way in. Because those willing to offer their brokenness to Jesus, you will find his love waiting for you right now. No delays, no hesitation, no reluctance. No matter how dirty you think your feet are, Jesus is there offering this love to you. 
Because John tells us that he loves his own who are in the world. Right now, whatever your circumstances, you can have this love. The good news of the gospel of Jesus tells us that to those who are suffering, he is sanctifying. To those who doubt, he offers deliverance. To those who hurt, he comforts. To those who are dying, he holds. To those who are sinning, he is advocating. He will never let you go from his love. I want you to hear this morning, regardless of how you feel, he loves you right now. And he has more for you if we would just walk in it. And that brings us to our third point. You are loved forever. Back to John 13, 1. It says, having loved his own who were in the world, he what? Loved them to the end. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, he loved you. Jesus took you your name, your sins, knowing who you are and what you would do and what crazy things pop into your mind, knowing all those things, he took you to the cross with him. Paul David Tripp says this. He says, Jesus didn't purchase savability on the cross. He took names to the cross. Jesus loved you to the end of his earthly life when the wrath of God that you and I deserve, right? Because the scripture calls us children of wrath. That's what we deserve. He took that upon himself. That was poured out on him. He finished it for you because he loves you to the end, forever. Your sins, my sins, they went into that grave with him. And though your sins stayed in that grave, his love for you didn't. His love for you came out. Thank God, right? We celebrate the resurrection. His love came out of that tomb. The person you were with those filthy, dirty feet is washed by the blood of Christ. Last week after Clayton's message, uh, my family, we went home and we sat down at the table for lunch and uh, Katie, Katie prayed for our lunch and as she was just thanking God for Advent and the, and the message and his peace, she said this, she, she thanked God for Christmas and she said, and thank you that Christmas leads to Easter. And that opened up this really kind of cool conversation where as soon as we said amen, the boys were like, huh? What do, you, what do you mean? And then I got to listen to my wife really faithfully disciple and love our children talking about, hey, we can be so excited about what we're going to celebrate, the birth of Jesus. But the excitement goes beyond Christmas morning. Because of that, we get Easter. And while that was the darkest time, when our Savior had that wrath poured out on him because he loves us, right, 
we also celebrate that he rose, that he conquered sin and death. His reign and rule lasts forever, and so does his love for you. Because of Christ's resurrection and ascension to the right hand of God, you are loved from the beginning to now, all the way to the end, for all eternity. Band, you guys can come back up. Regardless of how we walked in the room today, regardless of whether you feel God's love for you now, whether you have felt it in the past, but, but maybe you're just not walking in some of these truths and he just feels far from you, or maybe you've never felt it. Maybe you're not so sure about all this. Maybe you're not so sure about Jesus. Maybe somebody drug you here or sent you a link and you're, you're watching from home. Regardless of where you stand today, God loves you and he has a love for you to walk in. All it takes is faith. Faith and hope. Faith and hope today will take us all the way to the day that love conquers all and everything sad becomes untrue. Did you know that faith won't be needed when Christ returns? Faith and hope won't be needed in the new heaven and the new earth because faith is the conviction of things not seen. So we won't need it once we've seen. And our hope will be fulfilled then too because we will finally have Christ. So we won't need faith and hope in the new heavens and new earth. We need them to get there, of course, for sure, but not after. You won't need it anymore. But love we will keep loving forever because we will be loved forever. And because of that, love will never end. So Advent is to really stir us in this anticipation of celebrating that Christ came, which we celebrate for Christmas, but also to create in us an anticipation and a longing for when he will return. And that faith and that hope that we struggle with sometimes will no longer be needed because we will see him face to face and we will know his love in a way we have never experienced before. And just as Jesus, after washing the feet of his disciples, instructed them to do the same for others, So this anticipation should lead us to love others through action, to humble ourselves like Jesus, to love and serve those around us, and to reflect God's character to the world around us and proclaim 
that our king is returning. He has come and he is returning. God, give us a burning desire and longing for that day. That is my hope for us this morning. That you would have a blessed holiday season, but that we would be stirred to something much greater. That we would be stirred and called together back into community, back into communion with him to be more faithful, to walk in this love, to experience this love that he has for you and he offers to each of you, regardless of how you sat here this morning. Let's pray as we worship. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. God, we thank you that you were thinking of us and making a way for us before we even existed. That God, knowing that we would be rebellious, knowing that we would be filled with earthly passions that would make us slaves to our own flesh, that God, you loved us anyway. And you created a way for us back to you through your son, Jesus. God, I pray that, that we would feel this love today. The seasons can be hard for some. Lord, we see and experience your love in a way that carries us. in a way that is evident to those around us, God, that we would proclaim that our creator God is loving and offers this love to any who would put their faith and hope in him. God, would you just be with us as we respond in worship this morning, as we sing of your love and our love for you, God. Would you just inhabit our praise be glorified this morning in your mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. If you would, let's stand and worship this morning.